Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Super, super excited. Uh, this uh, amazing day, June 19th, I have a very special episode, uh, really dedicated to progress um, and just, you know, current covering you know, just recent events, relevant topics. I'm excited uh, to celebrate Juneteenth with you. I'm excited that you tuned in. It's going to be a great show today. Connect with your boy at IG at CVMK33. I look forward to getting into it real soon. I want to start off uh, with the topic. It's about time, and it truly is about time. Great article written by Ben Kesslin. Ben Kesslin goes on to write that the Aunt Jemima brand of syrup and pancake mix will get a new name and image. Quaker Oats announced Wednesday, saying that the company is recognizing that Aunt Jemima's origins are based on a racial stereotype. This 130-year-old brand features a black woman named Aunt Jemima who was originally dressed as a minstrel character. The picture has changed over time, and in recent years, Quaker removed the mammy kerchief from the character to blunt growing criticism that the brand perpetuated a racist stereotype that dated to the days of slavery. Quaker, which is a subsidiary of PepsiCo, said removing the image and name is part of an effort by the company to make progress toward racial equality. We recognize Aunt Jemima's origins are based on racial stereotype. Kristen Crowfield, stated vice president and chief marketing officer of Quaker Foods in North America, said in a news release, as we work to make progress toward racial equality through several initiatives, we must or we also must take a hard look at our portfolio brands and ensure they reflect our values and meet our consumers' expectations. Round of applause. I do want to say, what the heck took you so long? What the heck took you so long? There have always been cause for concern over Aunt Jemima. And granted, Aunt Jemima, to me, is one of the best pancake mixes out there. I love Aunt Jemima's pancake mix. But the name is inherently racist. Aunt Jemima? You looked at it. It's a caricature of a mammy. And... Black people have always known this and have always stated this. That business butters were like there was just certain things that we knew, and it's like we couldn't do anything about it. And granted, the product was good, but it's like Quaker. I I applaud your effort. I applaud it. But at the same time, did it have to take all this for you to realize that you literally had a racist caricature of a stereotype? Like it took you this to recognize, which means you've always known this. You know, now I'm not for, you know, well, you know, it's all about going forward and therefore, you know, you can't criticize the past. I believe that. I don't I don't believe anybody is so perfect that, you know, we can ignore when something incites motivation to make change. I think change, however it is motivated, is necessary. I applaud Quaker. I really applaud PepsiCo for taking a hard look at his brand portfolio and realizing that they need to make strategic initiatives, especially if they want to keep their consumer base. I totally understand that. It was the right thing to do. Morally, it was the right thing to do. Uh, from a business standpoint, it was the right thing to do. From an initiative, from a diversity and inclusion standpoint, it was the right thing to do uh, for progress, for harmony, for equality. Totally understand. I do not doubt nor criticize their efforts on that. Where I do have some type of ill will or is that 
when was it brought to your attention and how long has it been? And, you know, basically if there's enough sufficient evidence that this was always in the forefront and it was just totally ignored until recent events, then I think the next move for PepsiCo is not just changing brand like uh, an avatar, right? Not changing the name of the pancake mix and syrup, but actually donating some of that profit that you have reaped over the years from the Aunt Jemima line, donating it to HBCUs. You got to put your money where your mouth is. It's one thing to admit to a mistake. It's another thing to start making progress and start building up a platform so that you're basically mistaken, be safe passage for others. And to me, that is the next step for PepsiCo for the subsidiary name Quaker. Uh, I think you can't just say, let's just change it and be done with it. It's great. You're you're tearing down the symbols of hate, but now you have to make symbols and not just symbolic gestures, but actual paths uh, for progress, for safety, and for uh, reparations. Again, it's about time. Uh, great article written by Doha Madani, parent company of Uncle Ben's Rice, stated that now was the right time to evolve the brand, including visually, but did not release details of what exactly would change or when. The move follows a similar announcement made earlier by Quaker Oats. Mars Incorporated, which is the parent company, said and released that as a global brand, we know we have a responsibility to take a stand in helping to put an end to racial bias and injustices. Racism has no place in our society. We stand in solidarity with the black community, our associates, and our partners in the fight for social justice. We know to make systemic change, it's going to take a collective effort from all of us, individuals, communities, and organizations of all sizes around the world. Uncle Ben's was founded as a converted brand rice by co-founders Eric Hosenlob and Gordon Harwell, according to the brand's website, Uncle Ben's being uh, began being used in the 1940s after Harwell and his business partner discussed a famed Texas farmer referred to as Uncle Ben, who was known for his wife, his rice, not wife, but his, his rice. Uh, the image of the black man on the box was modeled after Frank Brown, a waiter at the Chicago restaurant where Harwell had the idea. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this. Okay, hats off. I applaud it. This is a step in the right direction. Uncle Ben has always been kind of problematic in the black community. First of all, because A, the rice is good, and B, Uncle Ben is a stereotype. Um, so the founders of this brand, of this image, had this idea of this great Southern recipe. Uh, and they felt that the best way to make it believable was from a black man that they received uh, their coffee from, right? He was their waiter. That is inherently problematic. Like the the idea of servitude and that this therefore validates because you know that they can, they can cook, right? Like I, I, I don't know. That's just to me extremely problematic. Now I give it to them. I give it to the organization. Look, no person, no organization, no entity, no body is perfect. We all have things in our past that need improvement, that are sketchy, that really takes God's grace, that we need to evolve from and move away from and move toward a better 
uh, more inclusive whole being and 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 healing and solidarity and harmony and peace and peaceful transaction. Totally understand. So I'm not criticizing the organization, but I do want to say when you know that there is problematic historical context, you got to get in front of it. And you don't need a major event, some social, you don't need something so tragic, some things that have happened recently that has sparked all this uproar for you to jump, you know, on it. Uh, It shouldn't have to take the death of anyone to make you realize it was wrong. And that's where I want to get to. And sometimes we have to have these hard conversations because the reality is some people need uh, these life-changing events for them to start acting correctly. Uh, but hats off, I give my hats off to Uncle Ben's company for taking the initiative. I wish they would be more strategic and clear on what that actually looks like, what the changes will evolve around. Are they making any type of donations to any like HBCUs or any Black-owned businesses? Are they doing anything with the brand that's going to honor? Maybe Uncle Ben's can come out with a Juneteenth rice, right? Like maybe Uncle Ben's can do something celebratory or celebrate really Black Americans, Americans that have... Uh, been so influential, uh, you know, through this this whole time. Maybe there can be some type of talk around that. And but since the details are not uh, clear, or are not clear, have not been made manifest, or not fully transparent, we just have to wait and see. But like I said again, this is the time to look introspectively and see where can we improve, understand it, own it, and move forward. What is going on with corporate America? Uh, with everything that's going on, there's always going to be that one person that just doesn't listen. Associated Press goes on to write that San Francisco, a former CEO of Bumblebee Foods, has been sentenced to more than three years in jail. For his role in canned tuna price fixing conspiracies involving three major companies, Christopher uh, Lashuski was ordered Tuesday to pay a hundred thousand dollar fine in addition to serving a forty month term. Assistant uh, uh, Assistant Attorney General Mackin Delrain uh, stated that the sentence will serve as a deterrent to wrongdoing at top corporate levels. Executives who cheat American consumers out of the benefits of competition will be brought to justice, particularly when their antitrust crimes affect the most basic necessity, which is food. Bumblebee pled guilty and was sentenced to pay $25 million fine, and Starkist Corporation was fined $100 million. Look, there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, people need food to survive. You're price gouging. You're raising the cost of something and there's really no determinant, there's no validation, you are basically acting as a, uh, in a, in a monopoly, in a monopolistic uh, price war. And really the only person that is uh, the casualty is the consumer. I get it. Look, listen, listen loudly. All organizations need money to survive. There's not a single entity, a person, a not-for-profit uh, institution, a bank, however and whatever it is, can survive without the dollar. But the dollar can't be the power, the source, or the focus of every single thing and every single initiative. And when you allow greed to consume you, when you're willing to go to the ends of the earth, when you're willing to do something evil and 
harmful toward others to achieve this, you have failed. You have failed. I love tuna. Look, I don't really eat meat. I'm a great pescatarian, a good vegetarian, and a bad vegan. So tuna is right up my alley. But when I think of price gouging, when I think of the fact that you literally price fixed this stuff and you just allowed the consumer to just take it, when you have put people in harm and the little bit of resources that they have, you max them out because you thought that you could. That's immoral and that's wrong. We all want to win. There's not a single person out here that wants to lose, wants to be in last place, wants to even be in second place. But we have to win the right way. Winning the right way is more important than winning itself. And that doesn't mean that mistakes won't be made. But when your mistake is costing others livelihood, necessity, existence, then you're ultimately putting the public in harm. And that was wrong. Hats off. I am excited that it seems like there is some type of repercussion and, and something in place to make sure that we all can appeal to our better angels uh, and that we can be better just stewards of humanity. Some news from the big three. So, you know, when we say the big three companies in the world, particularly and specifically the United States, you know what we're talking about. Apple. Amazon, Facebook, even if we take Apple out, because Apple kind of likes being in the big three, the not being in the big three is kind of like, you know, the Boston Celtics, like, yeah, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce is big three, but the youngest and most uh, consistent person on the team during that whole stretch is Ray John Rondo is really that four. That's kind of where Apple is. So let's just switch up the big three. Facebook, Google, Amazon. Uh, Dylan Byers goes on to write that the CEOs of Facebook, Google, and Amazon say that they're willing to testify before Congress this summer as a part of an antitrust probe into big tech. Representatives from Facebook and Google both sent letters to the House Judiciary Committee over the weekend signaling that their respective chief executives would be willing to testify. Facebook and Google conditioned their testimony on the testimony of top executives at other big tech firms as well. The commitments first reported uh, by the Washington Post and confirmed by NBC News with sources at both companies come a day after lawyer for Amazon said that CEO Jeff Bezos would also or be willing also to testify. Apple is the only one of the big four, quote unquote, tech companies that has not signaled that its chief executive, Tim Cook, would be willing to testify. An Apple spokesperson declined to comment. Look, I, I, th- I think um, what's happening... We're starting to reach economic wealth that has been unprecedented and mythological. You know, it was one thing when companies were making millions, when you had millionaires. Then it became super wild and trendy and like the ultimate sign of dominance when companies started making billions and you had billionaires. Now companies are making trillions and you have, or you're about to have a trillionaire. That number seems so, so not real, right? Like it seems so just, 
I mean, what's the trillion? Is that 13, 14 digits? You know, like the number seems like almost infinite. Like if we can do a trillion, can we do a zillion? You know, like, you know, after a while, is there a max on what you can and cannot do? And when you start having this enormous growth and unprecedented reach, one can't help but wonder, is it fixed? Have you created a system where it's hard to enter? Is it intimidating toward other businesses, especially your mom and pop's businesses, your small startups? So you have to do your investigation. You have to make sure that there's full transparency. It's not a slight. It's not an indictment. It's nothing wrong with Facebook, Google, uh, Apple, and Amazon. But success will always bring critics. Success has to be evaluated because people want to know, A, what makes you successful, and B, is it done through the right channels? You know, it's cool to hit 73 home runs, but if they find out that you were hitting 73 home runs because you were the HGH king, you still hit it. But you looked at it a little differently. Now, me problem, me personally, I don't have a problem with you know that. But there is this, and maybe rightfully so, because so much abuse has happened, especially from a business standpoint. There's direct contrast and conflict between revenue, too much revenue, and and unethical actions or unethical actions, right? And immoral. Uh, overview and and process intake because we've had scandals like Enron, right? We've had companies that uh, took advantage of the system. We've had people that have took advantage of the system like Bernie Madoff, right? We've had these outliers that people remember. So now when you're approaching these thresholds that have never really been approached before, people are going to start to ask why. Now, I'm interested in seeing it. I don't personally think, look, I love uh, Amazon. I almost said Jeff Bezos. Never <laughs> but I, I, I think he's a fantastic person from the outside looking in. I think as far as a business, I don't know him personally, so I can't speak to anything. Uh, I think Amazon is great. I'm a prime user, a prime member, a proud prime member. I love, I recently just switched to an Apple phone thanks to my wife. Now I'm all Team Apple. Love Facebook. But I do say that when you are experiencing unprecedented levels of success and growth, you have to get in front of the narrative and make sure that all I's are dotted and all T's are crossed. And look, guys, that has been another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. Look, subscribe to the app on Anchor. Subscribe to the app that's going to be soon rolling out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at CVK. There's like a long hyperlink. <laughs> but look for it, man. Follow me on Facebook at Cody Kelly. We can connect there. IG at IGCVMK33. Twitter at Cody's Life. Cody's underscore life one. I'd love to hear from you. Love to engage with you. Love to feature on the show. Look. I'm open to all guests, all partakers. I just want to be there for you. But until next time, thanks.